Hey there, Annie and Julie here. We just wanted to pop in real quick before we dive into this episode and announce our new show name. We're excited to announce that we're rebranding the Investing for Good podcast as the Life and Money Show. Now, this new name reflects the broad focus of our episodes and guests thus far and allows us to tell even more stories about living a meaningful and intentional life by design while also making an impact. We're extremely grateful for your support and listenership as we've grown this podcast and are excited to begin this new chapter so we can bring you even more valuable stories and insights. With that, let's dive into the episode. Mobile homes, they do depreciate to a certain point, but what we've seen is once they hit a certain depreciation rate, they will actually stay there, retain their value, or even go up in value because, again, there is such a limited supply. You're listening to The Life & Money Show, a podcast that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth for their families, and impacting the world around them. And now, here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hey, hey, everyone. Annie Dickerson here together with the fabulous Julie Lamb. Julie, how are you today? I'm doing so good right now. It's just, I'm just feeling like in such a great place. It's the end of the year, my favorite time of the year, the holidays and, and all the good stuff. And just every time I hit like this time of the year, I start reflecting back on the year and all the fun stuff that happened and some of the not so good stuff, but then try to think of all the good that came from all the not so good stuff and just feeling so grateful for everything that that's gone on this year, despite all the COVID and the craziness and everything. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. How about you? No, as we're recording this, it's the, uh, the middle of December, 2020. Mm -hmm. And by the time this airs, we'll be a month or two into 2021, which is just wild to think about because the crazy year that we've been through with 2020, but it's true what you said, <laughs> you know, if you take a moment to think about, even with this crazy year and all the ups and downs, if you take a moment to really reflect on, look at how much we've grown our business. We've grown this podcast, all the things that we've been able to do with our personal lives, our families, even traveling throughout mm -hmm. COVID. It's despite everything and despite mm -hmm. the uncertainty, there is a ton to be grateful for. And I'm yeah. sure that 2021 will be even better. Yes. Yes. So speaking of which, so our guests today are Jay and Samira Harvey, and they are the creators of Trailer Cash Academy. It's a, <laughs> I love that name. I know it's so fun. And it's, it's <laughs> so it's this program that they've created to really teach people how to do exactly what they do, which is to mm -hmm. invest in mobile homes. Now, not the mobile home parks, but actually the mobile home units. And mm -hmm. so it's fascinating their model and we get into the math a little bit, but it, they're able to generate quite a bit of cash flow while putting in a fairly low investment up front. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think the thing that really struck me about their story, we're coming fresh off of Date with Destiny, Tony Robbins. And in the beginning, they talked to us and told us a little bit about their story and about how they lost, like, what was it, 100000 or $90,000, something wild like that. I mean, I can't even imagine if I jumped into real estate and lost that amount of money in the beginning. Like, I would have probably would have been like, oh my gosh, this is not for me and felt all this guilt and this shame and all these bad feelings, right, of like this mistake that I made especially being a female, jumping into Mm a male-dominated investment space. They they didn't let that stop them. That is so wild. And Tony Robbins always says that life is happening for us. And now they've done over 400 transactions. They've got over 800 people in the Trailer Cash Academy program. I mean, think about all the lives. Had they not gone through that and persevered and discovered what they know, they wouldn't have been able to do all these transactions and impact all of these lives lives. And it's just so incredible. I think it's such a good reminder for everybody, for all of us out there that when sometimes when we're down on our luck, or when we think that sometimes, you know, things aren't really happening the way we would have wanted them to just remember that sometimes things might be happening for us and not to us. And when you just have that little shift in your mindset, it can make so much feel like it's not necessarily a bad thing. And that like good stuff is kind of headed your way. So but yeah, such an incredible story Two really inspiring human beings and was fun to dig in on this asset class. So, Absolutely. Yeah. It's something that we were learning as well <laughs> alongside our listeners. And so it's fascinating. There's all kinds of ways that you can make money in real estate, whether it's through investing in mobile homes or mobile home parks or self-storage or what we do through apartment syndications. So for our listeners out there, if you are new to the world of passive real estate investing through multifamily syndications, be sure to grab a copy of our book, Investing for good. We have a free hardcover copy for you. Just text the word book to 41404 and we'll get you all the details. Now, without further ado, here we go. We're going to jump into our conversation with Jay and Samira Harvey. Jay and Samira, welcome to the show. How are you? Great. Thank you. Too blessed to be stressed. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. This is going to be a great show. I can tell already. (laughs) Now, Jay and Samara, you guys have a very unique story. You started your mobile home investing journey in 2017 after losing over $90,000 in unsuccessful real estate deals. And we're definitely going to dive into that. But the turnaround has been within the last three years or so, you've completely been able to turn that around. You've not only completed over 400 mobile home transactions, which I cannot even begin to fathom, but you're now also teaching others how to invest in and flip mobile homes through your Trailer Cash Academy program, which we will also talk about. So start by taking us back to the beginning. Jay, maybe you can start us off. Tell us about the $90,000 that you lost and then let's dive into how you got into mobile home investing. Yeah, so Samara and myself, we're the type that we get information, we're in the learning stage, we got to apply it. We're going to always push forward no matter what. We're not afraid to fail. But in this instance, I think we bit off more than we could chew. We actually met a guy through a real estate investor association back in Phoenix when we first started our real estate investing. This guy took us under his wings, looked at him as like a father figure. 
Little did we know we had invested $30,000 into a project that was actually being foreclosed on. It was bad. I mean, it wasn't just us. There was a group of people over a quarter million dollars it was invested into this property, but none of it was going to the property. So it was really going into his pocket. So first deal, not good. <laughs> and then we had a second deal. This was actually a burnout home. We decided, hey, first fix and flip. Let's go and find this house. It doesn't have a roof, doesn't have doors, doesn't have windows, but this is the best property <laughs> for us. We invested $60,000 of our hard-earned cash into this home. And we didn't know it was going to take us 15 months to make a return back on our investment. And initially we thought it would take three months. So we're sitting there, we're broke, we're in debt, we're out of cash. Luckily, we had some really great friends. They invited us to, invited me to a real estate event. There was this older gentleman, he's like 80 years old. He was talking about mobile home investing and how he was using only four to $10,000 of his own money to create thirty dollars to $50,000 per month would use mobile homes. And he's like, if you're not doing this right now, if you're only focused on wholesaling and single family or fix and flipping single family homes, you are missing the boat. So I ran home, I took this information to Samir. I'm like, Samir, this is how we're gonna get back on the horse. This is the way. She's mm-hmm. like, hell no. <laughs> Trailer trash. No. (laughs) But what we did was, thankfully, she was able to actually like hear me out a little bit. We took some time to research and we were able to find out a couple things. One, the affordable housing crisis is crazy here in in America. There's a lot of people that need affordable homes. And two, there's a high demand for these homes, single family, individuals, some that can't even get approved for stick bill homes. They are rushing towards single and double wide mobile homes. Okay. So hold on a second. I'm still trying to process this. So you get into this first deal, you lose $30,000. And most people at that point would have been like, well, bad luck. I guess real estate's not for me. Okay. On to the next thing. Right. But you didn't, you, you kept going and you were like, okay, let's find something else. That guy, that was just a one-off let's find a better deal. So you find this junker of a a property and you're like, okay, we're going to make this work. You put $60,000 into it. And again, you weren't taken that time, but that time you took you a little bit by surprise. Maybe the timeline was longer than you had expected. But then I love this because you kept going, you kept going, right? So I want to ask you about that piece. So what was it that kept you going and what got you into real estate investing in the first place? Because it sounds like there must have been a really big why behind all of it to keep you going throughout all those hurdles that you experienced. Yeah, definitely. So I think, you know, we're entrepreneurs at heart. We had tried a lot of different businesses before real estate. So we were a lot. like, what? Tell us. We are doing personal training. We had a photography business. Do you guys know about the crazy rap thing? But it works. <laughs> no. <laughs> Network marketing. Oh, oh yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. For a while. So yeah. we had a yeah. lot of ideas tried didn't really wasn't really super Uh successful with them and I was actually scrolling on Facebook one day and I had just read the book Rich Dad Poor Dad and then Mm -hmm. the seminar came up and I'm like we have to go to this like this yeah so we got turned on to real estate through that seminar we went to like the three-day event and they were like wow we didn't even know that this existed so we were on fire already and then we jumped into those deals right away after that but I think what was the real big why behind it was we were just really uncomfortable in our nine to fives and being feeling like we were boxed in and that our potential couldn't really grow beyond what our manager was doing and when we were looking at what our manager or the people that we were supposed to 
aspire to get to their position, we were both like, no, we don't really, (laughs) that's not where we want to be. We we have bigger goals. We have higher vision for our life. And the reason we kept going after we took those losses, we said, hey, we got two choices. We can kind of keep working and try to pay this off through our jobs. But then we counted the amount of years, time that would take. We were like, nah, I'll have gray hair, all types types of kids by the time we pay that off. The second choice for us was, hey, we can learn our way out of this. We learned our way up to this point. Let's just look at this as an opportunity to learn more and become more. Eventually, we'll get back on the horse. We just got to keep moving forward. So that's the mindset we embodied. And thankfully, we were able to be blessed enough to do the 400 deals up to this date and counting. You said the magic word mindset. And it sounds like you guys had a bulletproof mindset. You had each other to keep going throughout all of this. So I'm curious, were you doing these businesses? Were you doing these on the side as you were working your nine to five jobs? Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. I remember every break, every lunch break, right after work, sitting in the car before work, taking extra breaks, doing work to kind of like do your nine to five and work in your business. But to be honest with you, that's the type of sacrifice it takes in order to gain that confidence to leave that nine to five and go into your true purpose. Yeah, that hustle and that grind, that's what's gotten you to where you guys are today. That's amazing. So I do want to get into what you guys are doing today. So tell our listeners a little bit more about mobile home investing and flipping and what exactly you do with these mobile homes or these trailers. As you mentioned, when you first got into it, you were like, oh, I don't want to invest in this. I'm sure that's what our listeners are thinking too, like uh, trailers or mobile homes, why would I invest in those? So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So what we're doing for the most part, we are finding motivated sellers. There's a lot of individuals out there, especially right now because of COVID that need cash and they don't have a lot of things to their name, but they have these homes. And because like we said earlier, the affordable housing crisis is so high right now, there's a huge demand for these homes, but there's very low supply because there's not a bunch of mobile home parks being built up left and right, kind of like you know single family homes and apartments are. What we are doing and what our students are doing are marrying the two, the motivated seller and the motivated buyer, and we're getting a fee because of that service we're offering. Yeah, so we focus on just the mobile homes, usually in a mobile home park, or they can be on their own private land, but we just focus on flipping the home. So it's a lot faster than traditional real estate. Most states, you're just transferring a title. It looks similar to a a vehicle title at the MVD. So the transaction can happen literally in minutes, as long as you can get to the MVD and get that done. And the price points of these homes are a lot less than what you would look at as traditional single family home. We're talking, you know, our first deals, we were getting under $5,000. So a lot cheaper, a lot faster to flip. And they're like Jay said, there's just not a lot of mobile home parks out there. So huge demand for these low supply. I'm curious, what kind of fee do you collect or can you collect? I mean, if the price point itself is 5000 what kind of fee could you build in there? So it depends on the strategy that we use, right? We have multiple strategies. Sometimes we collect cash flow on them. So we'll do like seller finance. Sometimes we'll wholesale them. Sometimes we'll broker them or move them. So I would say on average, if you're wholesaling or doing just a, a quick cash deal, somewhere between five to $10,000 fee on the property. 
Um, if you're looking to actually sell or finance them and collect payments on it over maybe five or six years, you're looking at closer to fifteen dollars to $20,000, depending on obviously the location. California is a lot different. <laughs> the price points are a lot higher here. So you the, the fees definitely. And the great thing is with our students, we teach them like, hey, when you're starting out, get to learn the business a little bit. Get to learn yourself a little bit. Let's get some of these deals done. Let's not use any of our money. You've already used money to invest in yourself. Let's continue to use these no money strategies to build our business. And then eventually, if you want, you can do those fix and flips and buy and hold. So like Samara said, when you're getting five to $10,000 on these wholesale deals, it's great. But I know some people are thinking, well, I can do that in the single family niche. For us, when we wholesale single family homes, it took us close to a little over 30 days to do those. Some of these deals we're doing in a little over three hours. So just mm-hmm. think about that. You're doing two to three of those a week, it starts to add up very fast. Okay. So I want to make sure I understand this correctly. So you said you connect motivated sellers to motivated buyers. So are you going out there and finding owners of these mobile homes who want to sell them? Is that how it works? Yeah. So what we teach our students to do is look for the low hanging fruit when you're just starting out. So we know there's a lot of advanced marketing strategies like direct mail or even like SEO optimization. But when you're just starting out, there's so much low hanging fruit by just one going to talk to park managers. A lot of the park managers out there, some of them are investor friendly and they have homes that either need fixing up or they're just struggling finding a buyer themselves so we can come and bring value to them. Second thing is really just hopping in your car. Samira and I used to do this all the time. We still do it from time to time just driving through the community, looking for for sale by owner signs. A lot of the time, those sellers, they're not doing any other form of marketing besides putting a sign in their window. So there's a ton of value we can present to them. You just got to get in the car, take some action and find them. So you have to actually get out from behind your screen and get out there. I love that. (laughs) But the low hanging fruit, that makes total sense. And so the owners, are they typically, the owners, are they living in these mobile homes? Are they owning them and they're renting them out or are they vacant? Yeah, so most of the time in mobile home parks, the park owner, they just want to rent the land. They do not want to own the homes. So they actually, they're just paying lot rent. The actual homeowners are paying lot rent, but they actually own the homes. So a lot of times, especially like Jay said, during COVID, a lot of the blue collar workers, which are a lot of them live in mobile home parks, are the most affected. So they're in a highly motivated situation where they can't afford that lot rent and they need to maybe move in with family or, you know, we've even seen a lot of cases of people passing away, maybe in the 55 and older communities. So they're just motivated. They need to sell. And that's where we can bring value to them. So you find these homes and then it sounds like you have a whole host of different exit strategies. Well, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, my favorites are the wholesaling or brokering homes. So pretty much when brokering a deal, what we like to do is disclose as much information as we can to the seller and just let them know like, hey, my main job is to come in, find a buyer for you. I want to get them park approved and here's my fee. When I'm wholesaling a home, I'm pretty much looking to take possession of the title. I'm getting the home myself, locked down on the contract for a very low cost, typically under $10,000. And then I'm going and I'm finding a buyer who's going to pay maybe $15,000 or maybe $20,000. I'm going to make five or 10 grand. Samara, what she liked to do when we first started out was the owner finance deals. Yeah, for me, especially when we were working our nine to five, we were like, man, let's add up our bills and our expenses. (laughs) How many of these mobile homes will we need to actually cover our living expenses? And most of them were able to cash flow three to $500 
per unit. So it wasn't that many that we needed to actually be able to cover our bills. So we did a lot of that strategy. Sometimes you have to put a little bit of repairs, but usually we're spending no more than like $3,000 on the repairs on the property. And then we're able to cash flow three to $500 for the next four to six years, sometimes even eight years, depending on the, the unit. And then we also, a lot of our students, they actually move homes. So it's very similar to the wholesaling strategy where maybe somebody has a home, a piece of property that they want to build a home on. And they're just like, get rid of this mobile home. I don't need it anymore. We can definitely do that for you. There's a huge demand for homes that people want for their private land. Mm-hmm. And so we're able to help coordinate that move for them and get that mobile home onto their land. So interesting. <laughs> oh, I'm like doing the math mentally in my head. I'm like, wait a second, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the cha-chings are happening in my head. So <laughs> you're buying the mobile home for sometimes around $5,000, $10,000, right? So pretty low cost to get in. Sometimes it's owner financed as well. So that's a great opportunity. And then you put in, if you decide you're going to hold on to it and flip it, then you put in maybe a few thousand, three thousand dollars. So let's say you bought it for five thousand, you put in three thousand, and now you're saying you can cash flow for three to five hundred dollars a month. That's insane. So you make your money back in under a year. Yeah, Yeah. that's the whole thing. We tell our students, hey, we want to see our return back in less than six months. And what's really great about it is most of the time we're telling them, hey, go out, see how much those rents are for single family homes, see how much the rents are for apartments. Usually most of the time we're able to stay competitive, even with the lot rent still being included. When we're getting that, you know, 300 to $500 per month plus lot rent is usually still under single family and apartment rents in the area. Yeah. And people desire this because it gives them a lot more privacy than an apartment. Mm -hmm. They have ownership now, so they can kind of fix it up and do the things that they want to with the home. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more space than your typical apartment. So there's still a huge demand for that. And it's below we usually like to keep everything below a few hundred dollars below what the average apartment is in the area. So I'm curious, where are you guys finding the buyers? So we talked a little bit about how you're finding sellers, you're driving around and you're talking to park managers. How are you guys finding the buyers on the other end? Yeah, so mainly online. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's where a lot of listings are. That's where people are looking for homes. And that's one thing that really shocked us when we first got started is that we were just kind of testing out some houses like, is this really going to sell? Are we going to get stuck with this thing? We had some Uh really old models. And even with the older homes, we were getting hundreds of messages from people looking to buy the homes because they're so much more affordable. Like I said, there's more space in them. And that's what people can afford. So mm-hmm. there's a huge demand for them. It's not selling the home that's difficult is what we learned. It's actually obviously finding people that are willing to sell at the price points that work for our deals. So selling the home, once you have a good home, if it's structurally sound, the demand is there to sell it all day long. And even if those price points are a little bit higher with your sellers, let's just say they want to stay in that retail market. That's fine. I still don't have to buy it. I just have to go and find a buyer that looks at that home valuable enough to say, hey, I'm willing to drop retail pricing on this home and still collect a fee in between. That's interesting. And so are we talking about like on Facebook or are we talking about like on a website or like where online are these people looking? I'm just curious. Facebook's a big one. MH Village is one of the biggest platforms for used and new mobile homes and manufacturing. Okay. It's kind of like its own site, kind of like it's we kind of look at it similar to the MLS, most properties. We don't get paid for that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but you also 
homes on the buy and sell sites like OfferUp and yeah. Craigslist. So they're just a little bit everywhere. You kind of uh, have to find the right sites and the buy and sell groups online. I'll say right now, the number one site that we use is our Facebook, Facebook Definitely Marketplace. Facebook. So wild that all this is like going on right underneath our nose, isn't it? Like we don't, this is like a world we have no idea about yep. anything because our world is, we're a little bit on Facebook, but not as much as this. So it's crazy that all this stuff is kind of happening like right underneath our nose. That's so cool. So I know you mentioned one thing you said that always sticks out in my mind, living in California, in San Francisco specifically, you said one thing that you guys used to do is drive around to look for these properties. So are you driving around in California or are you driving across the state border into some other place state that where things might be more affordable? I'm just curious. So at this point right now, we are using more so like direct mail strategies, SEO. Uh when we're driving around just getting out here, we were more so just trying to see what are these communities looking like? How do they compare to Phoenix area? I want to add on the Phoenix area is a little bit more affordable. However, we do have a lot of students that are driving around these communities here, putting out their direct response marketing and still finding motivated sellers. Yeah, the price points are a little bit higher. However, the buyers out here are more conditioned to pay for those higher price point homes. And even though they're higher, when you compare them to the single family homes in the area, still very, very affordable. Yeah, California actually has some of the most mobile home communities in the United States. There's so many manufacturing communities. You guys probably, now that you're aware of it, you'll see them everywhere. Because <laughs> I was driving past mobile home parks every day to work and I didn't notice until I heard about this opportunity. And they're beautiful. The mobile home communities in California, they keep them up really well. And if you go a little bit more to inland, so for mm -hmm. us, Riverside County, for you guys, probably like Sacramento, that's where you're going to find a lot more of the low, more affordable homes and more abundance of parks and opportunities. Tell us about that perception piece, because that's like the big elephant in the room, right? Everybody's like, ooh, trailer parks, mobile home park. I don't know enough about that. I don't want to touch that. And so there's this perception, right, of trailer trash, which I love that your academy is called Trailer Cash, really turns that nicely around. But tell us a little bit about that perception. Is that still true? Or are you seeing that these communities are, are pretty nice? Definitely not trailer trash. You know, a lot of these people, they're hardworking people. They just can't afford single family homes right now, or they're just looking for an opportunity to just save up some money to get into a single family home. The great thing about what we're doing right now compared to the single family home niche is that there's so many people out there that have this perception that think, hey, trailer homes depreciate in value. That's the biggest thing that we get from an investor point of view. However, mobile homes, they do depreciate to a certain point. But what we've seen is once they hit a certain depreciation rate, they will actually stay there, retain their value or even go up in value because again, there's such a limited supply. There's not a lot of mobile home parks being built. There's more single family homes being built. However, a lot of these people, they still can't afford those homes. So there's such a demand as people fighting tooth and nail, especially for the double wide homes. Yeah. And one thing that we learned kind of getting into this industry is there's a range of parks, right? There's mm -hmm. one star parks and there's five star parks. Yeah. We don't typically invest in the one and two star parks where all of the there's like dirt lot. There's not a lot of homes in there. They're, all the homes are kind of falling apart. Those are the ones we don't really, we don't recommend our students to invest in those. Mm -hmm. But there's three, four and five star communities where they have pools 
gated communities, very clean paved roads. Like they look like a traditional community. They're just mobile homes and manufactured homes in there. So there's a range. A lot of people automatically think of the one star, but there's a lot more opportunities. There's a lot more out there than that. So you mentioned double wide. I've heard you say that a couple of times so far. What does that mean? So double wide is pretty much the size of the home. We're talking 24, usually a 24 feet wide. And then- 60 to 70, 74, 76 length. So when we're talking about a single wide, a single wide is usually half of that. It's usually 12 to 16 feet wide and still lengthwise about 60 to 70 something length. Yeah. And so um, the reason I call it a double wide is because it's basically two single wides put together. They kind of take out the center of the home and they, they put them together so it's double the space of a single wide. Got it. That makes perfect sense. That sounds luxurious. I mean, who, who wouldn't want double the space? Just double my home on the... It's like a twin bed versus a king bed. Oh, right. Exactly. Love it. So how does this, is this related to tiny homes? Are they the same? Are they different? These are definitely different than tiny homes. So I guess what they have in common is that they can be moved around. So that's one of the big benefits of investing in manufactured homes. But their tiny homes are just about the, it's like the more trendy thing to do now, right? It's not about giving your family more space or it's kind of one of those trendy things to do. Whereas this is a lot more of an affordable option for families and for people. So you'll see a lot more people kind of getting into this because they want more space, not because they want less space. There are reduced size homes. We call them park models. They are very similar in size to some of those tiny homes. I would even say some of the tiny homes are even bigger than those park models. But what we do for the most part, we're focusing on families. Families want to move into the community. So they're looking for bigger size homes. And then most of the buyers that buy these homes for their land, they're eventually going to resell them to families or give them to families. So we usually stay away from the tiny homes and the like the park models just because it doesn't necessarily fit who we're looking to serve. I would say that's where they're different, just the spacing. That makes total sense. So let's say somebody listening is thinking, okay, I get the math, I get the model, I'm all into this. I like that there's low competition. I want to get into this. So what do you teach your students through Trailer Cash Academy? How do you get started in this business? So we teach them pretty much, I'm going to break it down from the beginning to end. When they come in, we say, everybody, hey, watch the modules. You got to learn first. Take your time, learn the information. Our modules is about 10 hours worth of content in there. We make sure that you read a checklist from beginning to end as well. So you get a really good overview of what you're getting into before you even start. And then we tell all of our students, get out there and take action. The first thing that you're doing is looking for communities. Like where are the communities in my area? What's the rating of these communities? And then I want you to get out there marketing. We talked about the low hanging fruit. Most of the time getting out of your shell, talking to park managers so we can get you out to talking to sellers. Go on the phone with the sellers and then get to the appointments. From there, in our program, what we teach is you've got to have support. So we're doing a bunch of calls throughout the week to make sure you're held accountable. You're also practicing getting your reps in, especially with negotiations with sellers and buyers and park managers. So when you get there in the field, you're not stumbling or anything like that. And the third thing that we're teaching is Really, not just how to close deals, but how to make sure your buyers are taken care of to the point where you're able to get testimonials from them to get repeat customers. So we teach, but we also really thrive on the support. We're here with our students from the beginning to the end, not just us, but we've got five coaches in our program. They've all gone through our course. 
They've done at least 20 transactions themselves in a one year span, and they're just looking to serve and get other students to where they're at, too. Wow. It sounds like you're really with them from the beginning to the end. I love that raving fans and that support. And so I love that. I heard you talking about the negotiations piece and the hopping on the phone at the sellers. And I think my heart skipped a beat. I was like, oh my gosh. So I would assume that I'm not the only one with that fear. So how do you help people through that piece? Yeah. A big thing that we do is we really show them the value that they're bringing and really knowing how to pick apart their motivation. I think that's a big piece of it too, because obviously one thing that we made a mistake on in the beginning is we were like, we're just going to give everybody like $2,000 offers and we're just going to see what happens. We weren't listening to them. We weren't consulting with them. We weren't being an advisor. So it's really about having the confidence to say, hey, what's your problem? Here's what I can do to solve it. And here's the value I can bring. And when you come in that manner where you're really trying to help instead of just trying to get a house for super cheap, that changes the whole dynamic between your relationship. You build really good rapport with them. And then they know that we're on the same team. Like I'm really trying to help you either way. Obviously I'm going to make money off of this, but I'm here to help you because you have a problem and you're motivated. You need a solution. Love that. I think my heart's back in its normal place now. And I'm like, okay, I could do that. I love that approach where you're coming to help, to serve. And so that completely flips the equation around. So I love that. We'll get back to our conversation with Jay and Samara in just a minute. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid, like we were, that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations, and as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com slash invest. And now, back to our chat with Jay and Samira Harvey. So what kind of results can somebody expect? Like they come in, they join the program. Let's say they have no experience. Like what kind of time commitment are we talking about? What kind of results can they expect and what amount of time? I like that question. I'm going to pick it apart a bit. As far as time, we say you need to dedicate at a very minimum five to 10 hours a week. That's if you're looking to do this part-time. You want to get into the full-time realm, you got to be able to dedicate somewhere between 20 
to 30 hours a week. Now, when it comes to the results, we always say this to all of our students, everyone's 24 hours is different. We're not going to guarantee you results because I can't guarantee that everyone is going to do the work. What I will say is our most successful students are the ones that went out there, made sure that they prioritized their business in their life. They know they have work, they have school, they have kids, but the ones that have been able to use our systems and processes and actually prioritize their business have been able to close one, two, three. We've had some students close 40 deals on their first opportunity. They're going to do that. But what we're saying is if you do the work, you show up on the calls, you engage with the community, you reach out when you need help, you're guaranteed to close that first deal within your first 30 to 60 days. Interesting. Are most of their students, where do they live around the country? Curious. Yeah. So we have students all over the country. We have quite a few in California, Arizona, Texas, Florida, I would say like New Jersey, mm-hmm. North Carolina. The Those mid, are the Midwest, the Midwest, Georgia, yeah, all over the Midwest, yeah, all over the Midwest, the Texas Southern States, huge. Texas, Arizona, mm-hmm. New Mexico, Cal- Northern California, Southern California, really scattered all around. Yeah. How many students do you guys have in the program? Currently, we have close to 800 students that have. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. It's been a wild ride in less than two years to be able to say that. It gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. But yeah, honestly, a really, really good community. It's really our coaches. Our coaches treat themselves like family, but they treat the students like family as well. So Uh they're, they're a big part of our success. Think about all those lives that you're impacting. It's incredible. That is wild. All right. Well, we could go on and on and on and talk so much more about all of this. It's so fascinating because it's a space that is somewhat related to what we do in the apartment space, but it's not a space that we've mastered at all by any means. So super fascinating to learn more about all of this. All right. Let's get into the investing for good impact around. We're going to ask you a couple of questions around investing for good. So the first question is investing in yourself. So what is one way that you're investing? investments are helping you to live a better life? I would say probably have different answers on this, but one for me is really taking the time to invest in our foundation business, which is our marriage business. I'm not saying our marriage is a business. I'm just saying it gets treated like that priority, like my business. When we take time out to invest in ourselves, invest in other people to help us get to that higher version of ourselves for our marriage, it helps our business grow 10x. And we know by us coming together and doing what's right for us and doing what's right for our family, no matter what's going on, good or bad, we know our foundation is solid and we're going to be here for the long run regardless. So I will say that's the main thing for me. Yeah, no, that was a good one. Yeah, (laughs) you did good. (laughs) Yeah. I would definitely second that. I think obviously having a good core is everything because when we're on the same sink, when we are in alignment, we can add so much value to other people. But mm-hmm. I would say even just staking it to relationships is really important to us, investing in our team and the people around us, the, the people that help support us to think bigger and push us a little bit further. I think that's been such a key for us. Everything that we've done is just having the right environment, having the right circle of people that inspire us. They're like, man, if you can do that, I know I can do that too. Or they're pushing us to get out of our comfort zone. And so just investing time and energy into just building the right environment and the circle. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Well, and having that time to be able to do that, right? Because I'm assuming you guys are no longer working your W-2 and that this is what you guys do, right? And so that's the power of like everything that we always talk about on the show is how our investments are really allowing us to get have the time to, to invest in all of these other things to make a bigger impact in the world and on our own personal family as well. And investing in yourself, like, oh my gosh, I got the chills when you were saying that because it's so true. Because I know when my husband and I when we are singing the same song at home, oh man, it's like we can go out there and do anything. Like nothing can stop us. And it's so incredibly powerful. And I think a lot of times the relationship gets put on the back burner for other things, kids and life, just work and all kinds of other stuff. So um, so I love that. All right. Second question is investing in others. So what is one investment strategy or life hack that you might be able to share with our audience that'll help them catapult their investment journey? Yeah, I think one thing that we've really applied that's really helped us a lot is actually saying no more and really focusing on the things that are going to be really push the needle for our business, for ourselves, and really focusing on that. I don't know if you guys have read the book, The One Thing, that really changed our mind because it's like there's really usually one big thing that you can do that can really change everything for you. And if you're trying to spread yourself so thin, you're really losing sight of what's important. So saying no more, focusing on what's really going to push the needle forward. I think that's been huge for us. Whenever we like have feeling overwhelmed, we're like, okay, not all of this is important. What can we take off the list? Let's say no more and really say yes to the right things. Yeah. I think that goes back to shiny object syndrome. And I know when I was first getting into real estate investing, I totally was guilty of that. I was all across the board for like <laughs> the first year. I was like short-term rentals. No, I'm going to do flipping. No, I'm going to do wholesaling. No, I'm going to buy apartments. No, I'm going to do vinyl. I was like all over the place. And I went through that for like a year. It was madness. And so I think just making sure that you think about what resonates with you and what strategy really resonates with you is how I kind of figured it out. And then going back to what you were saying, like saying no to this or saying no to that and then just focusing on the one thing that I felt like really resonated with my mission and what I felt like made sense in the real estate space. So I love that. Okay. Last question is investing in the world. So what is one thing that you guys are doing or that your investments are doing right now to help make the world a better place? I think the biggest thing for me is taking time to invest in other people. When I say people, we're talking about empowering people, empowering our coaches. The great thing about doing that is they know about the affordable housing crisis as well. We know by them taking their game to the next level, they're going to help other students take their game to the next level and not just create more wealth for our families. But think about all the people that we're helping. Think about all the goals that they have, the purpose that they have, and how many dreams get shattered because they can't find a house. There's a lot of people out there that are homeless and hopeless. They can't find a home. And we know when we empower our coaches and when we empower more and more students, we're going to make a huge dent in the affordable housing crisis yeah. going on. One thing that we learned in this journey is that you may not want to live in a mobile home. I may not want to live in a mobile home, but for someone, that's a next level goal. I mean, we've helped a lot of people that Maybe we're living multiple families in one home or they were and they need more space or people living in hotels that really need a manufactured home or somewhere where they can call their home and they can really take ownership of it. So by us, like Jay said, empowering our students, empowering more people with this knowledge, we're able to really turn around and help so many other people that really need affordable housing because like you guys are in California, just like us, it's really a crisis. There's a lot of people that cannot afford housing right now. And I can only imagine that's not going to get any better in the near future. So I would definitely second that. 
Absolutely. It, it is. It's a huge crisis and it's not getting any better. And so I love that you guys are doing this work with your students, empowering your coaches, empowering your students, really building up this community of people who are knowledgeable, who have this heart to serve and to help and to increase that impact all across the country. That's incredible. And you're teaching your model after the lessons you've learned with your early real estate lessons, I'll call them <laughs> lessons, and that you're now paying it forward. So that's absolutely incredible. And I know our listeners are going to want to dig deeper and learn more about all of this. I know I definitely do. So tell everybody how they can learn more and follow up with you both. Yeah. So the best place to connect with us is on YouTube. We've got hundreds of videos on there, tons of free trainings for right. you guys. If you guys are interested, if this even jogs your memory, all you need to do is go to youtube.com slash trailer cash academy cash and you'll be able to find our channel and definitely dive into all of the content we can look at some of our students stories what they've gone through some of the challenges they faced uh, before even jumping in with us that's where i'm going next right after this interview <laughs> youtube.com slash trailer cash academy i love that jay and samira harvey creators of Trailer Cash Academy. Thank you both so much for being here with us and sharing this fascinating world of mobile home investing with us. Thank you for having us. You've been listening to The Life and Money Show, the number one podcast for people who, like you, are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth, and making an impact in the world. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com and be sure to join the Life and Money Show community on Facebook. And if you got value out of the show, please subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations.